Seemingly out of the blue, an obscure Oregon government agency was suddenly in the limelight for big issues and big drama. Never heard of the Office of Public Defense Services? You're probably not alone. But it's an agency with an important mission, and many of its issues aren't new. I'm Andrew Thien, and this is Beat Check with the Oregonian. Up next, investigative reporter Noel Crombie. We talked about the dust-up between the top official at that agency and the state's chief justice, why Oregon has so many people waiting for a public defender, and much more. A programming note. We recorded this interview before Steven Singer was fired by a new nine-member state commission. He likened the state's chief justice to an autocrat like Vladimir Putin during his last meeting as a leader. But the larger issues are all still relevant. Here's our conversation. Noelle Crombie, thanks for coming back on the show. Thanks for having me. So, Noelle, we've talked at great length throughout the past two plus years during the pandemic at various points on this podcast about issues with the criminal justice system in Oregon. But you've recently reported on the crises facing the state's Office of Public Defense Services. And that's a new one for me. How did this story get on your radar? Yeah, this is a rather small state agency with a very big job. It administers the state's public defense system. It does not directly employ public defenders, like say a DA's office has prosecutors. Instead, it it sort of uh, administers and funds a network of of lawyers from independent public defenders to public defense offices like Metro Public Defender in Portland. And I've heard for um, you know several years about the growing crisis in public defense in Oregon, and that issue really took the spotlight in the past couple of months, mostly over the management of the agency. Yeah, and we'll get into some of that in a little bit. But uh, I think a lot of people might not really know, maybe they have an idea of what a public defender is from watching Law and Order or some, you know, or maybe their experiences with the legal system in general. But can you explain, you know, what is a public defender and who qualifies for one? I mean, the issue of of a public defense or defense is essential to the criminal justice system. The U.S. Constitution guarantees the rights of people who are accused of a crime uh, to uh, a number of things, among them uh, defense counsel. And right now in Oregon, there are not enough lawyers to represent people who qualify for public defenders. We're talking about people who have to meet you know, certain income levels, uh, what the system describes or characterizes as indigent defendants. And so, you know, I mean, Oregonians should care about a large and growing by the day number of individuals facing criminal charges who lack a defense lawyer. They're entitled to that. You know, the the bottom line is right now we have people in jail in Oregon without attorneys. So there's no one to argue for their uh, release or to protect their legal rights during the process. Yeah. So how did we get to this point, Noel, where, uh, according to your reporting, uh, something like a thousand people don't have public defenders in Oregon? 
Yeah, this has become a pretty breathtaking crisis that's unfolded in Oregon. It has snowballed to the point where, as you said, we've got nearly a thousand people who are accused of crimes, who qualify for public defenders, and yet don't have one. You know, the system has had a history of being underfunded and lacking in resources. Uh, the American Bar Association examined Oregon's system earlier this year and concluded that it needs an infusion of more than, I think the number was something around a thousand lawyers to ad- adequately address the problem. But the history of high caseloads um, and low pay have not exactly created prime recruiting conditions. Uh, there was another uh, kind of like landmark report that's often referred to when dis- discussing uh, public defense in Oregon. It was commissioned a couple of years ago, and it too found systemic problems with the agency itself, that the agency fails to provide proper oversight of lawyers who do public defense, that some public defense lawyers are paid to represent clients, but they lack qualifications and experience for complex, complex criminal cases. So the problems are numerous and systemic and significant. And that's the environment that uh, Steven Singer inherited when he came to Oregon last winter. Okay. And tell us about, actually, before we get to Steven Singer, so just one question. So is this one of the many issues, Noel, that people aren't going to law school and then going basically in Oregon to become public defenders just at an elemental level? Is that one of the issues? Yeah, I think that's an issue. Um, The pay does not make it a particularly attractive position. Um, And, you know, it's, and and the pandemic has, you know, like all um, sectors of American work has also um, been a disrupting um, uh, factor. Mm -hmm. Uh, So the, the, the reasons are are complicated. um, And, and they boil down to the lack of just numbers. You know, they just don't have enough people in the system to do this work. Got it. Okay. So that brings us to um, Steven Singer. You just kind of teed that up that he arrived in Oregon a year ago or in this position a year ago. That's right. He was hired in December of last year. Um, the state struggled to find a candidate for this position. Uh, Mr. Singer had a, a long history in public defense. He's worked in Louisiana and Chicago. Louisiana news outlets had reported that he'd been fired a couple of years ago from the Louisiana Capital Assistance Center Hmm. in what one news organization described as an acrimonious departure. In his short time, he's uh, had equally strong supporters and detractors. The public defense community is somewhat split on Mr. Singer. Some have welcomed his passionate advocacy and commitment to public defense, and they believe that he is the right person to make the kind of big reforms that you know, address these big issues that I, I just described. Right. Um, but others thought, you know, he's his tactics were over the top and alienating. And, you know, it just so happens that some of the people he alienated were you know, among the most powerful people in government, people like the chief justice, the chair of the commission that hired him, the governor, according to one account, asked him to consider stepping down. According to multiple people, uh, he alienated lawmakers, key lawmakers uh, on whom the agency depends for funding. Uh, So he's in a short time developed uh, enough kind of adversaries who were really critical to the agency's functioning and success. So we're talking at a point where his, uh, 
immediate future is is a little unclear. So in the intro, <laughs> we'll tease that out if we know more uh, by then. But um, I mean, this is just kind of a unique situation on a, a number of fronts, Noel. I mean, there, there's so many volunteer citizen commissions that you know, or whether it's the Fish and Wildlife Commission or the Oregon Transportation Commission or all these commissions, and they are typically appointed by the governor, you know, obviously with help from staff and lawmakers, you know, putting in their suggestions. But um, this commission that ultimately holds the keys to the fate of the the head of this agency reports to a judge. Uh, Just is that unique in state government? You know, in Oregon, the Public Defense Commission, this is a commission that um, is, uh, you know, hires and fires the executive director of the public defense services that falls within the judicial department of the state. And, um, the, the head of that department is the chief justice. Uh, and so the chief justice, um, you know, Martha Walters has been heavily involved in the public defense crisis because of how this commission is structured. She is one of seven elected just- justices to the Oregon Supreme Court. She was chosen by her fellow justices as a chief justice. She's been serving in that capacity uh, since 2018. And, you know, this, this structure uh, that I've just described mm-hmm. was called out by the Sixth Amendment Center in its major assessment of the state's public defense system a couple of years ago. You know, this commission, all of its members, it's got nine members, are handpicked by the chief justice. And the, the center, this Sixth Amendment Center, thought that the process invested too much power in, in the judiciary. And it recommended that, you know, the Oregon legislature change this process and make it so the legislative and executive branches had as much stake in the state's public defense system as the judiciary currently does. But to to date, that change has not been made. So the power for now rests with Chief Justice Walters. And, uh, you know, we saw her use it to extraordinary effect this week. Yeah, let's, uh, let's talk about that. I mean, you kind of teased a little bit that that there is some acrimonious uh, tension um, between um, Mr. Singer and, and Judge Walters. But what do we know of the nature of their um, uh, disagreements and how it went from private to, to public in recent days? The two have had a difficult relationship for for a while, and that's been an open secret that spilled into very public view when the Chief Justice publicly accused Mr. Singer of verbally attacking her in a previous encounter. And she said she would not consider any apology for him to be real. I just want to underscore how extraordinary this public meeting was. We have you know, the Chief Justice uh, for Oregon calling out a agency director for his treatment of her. She seemed to be drawing a line in the sand about what she would and would not accept as far as management of the agency. Uh, the commission failed to remove him that day, however, and set in motion this decision by Chief Justice Walters to fire the whole commission and replace them with you know, we, what we can assume are people who share her view of Mr. Singer or who are at least willing to take some action to sideline or remove him entirely. That newly constituted, you know, reconstituted commission uh, will meet uh, today, uh, 
They were set to meet um, in executive session. They were set to meet last week to discuss Mr. Singer's um, performance yeah. in executive session, but he he asked for that meeting to be public, um, and so we were able to publicly report on the grievances and issues that have arisen between Mr. Singer uh, and the Chief Justice, as well as his issues with the chair of the commission, um, and that's where we learned that the governor had asked Mr. Singer to step down, although Mr. Singer disputes that account of, of his conversation with Governor Brown. Um, and and so this commission will meet later today. Multiple members uh, who previously were on the commission have been you know, returned to the commission. Um, most of them supported taking action against him. And then we have a handful of new members that Chief Justice Walters has appointed. So we'll see later today uh, what uh, you know. The, this will be a critical meeting for uh, for Mr. Singer and his future with uh, you know with the agency. Underscore that again. We're talking on Wednesday, and through the power of editing and time, you will hear this on Monday. So um, <laughs> we'll know a little bit more by then. But um, I, I just want to go back to the to the fact of you've covered legislative issues or criminal justice issues for a long time. I mean, have you ever seen anything like this, Noel, where, you know, uh, an entire commission was, you know, cast aside? No, I I haven't. I think this has become an intensely political um, issue. And we we rarely see um, this kind of, uh, you know, drama playing out so publicly. The uh, chair of the commission issued this, like, a, a, a memo that was more than two dozen pages in length, detailing all of all of what he described as kind of intemperate, rude, unprofessional, unbecoming um, conduct by Mr. Singer. Um, you know, we we also you know know that Mr. Singer has battled Marion County judges um, and called them out for appointing lawyers in his office to criminal cases. Um, and so, you know, th- this issue has been brewing. Um, for for several months, um, I think it's a reflection of the crisis um, that faces public defense. There, there is a kind of a, a, a desperation around this. We do have um, a mounting number, a growing number of people who are not represented in the system. Their constitutional rights are are not being um, honored um, when they don't have a lawyer. And so I think there's distress across the system, and um, this is one um, symptom of that. Let's take a quick break, then we'll talk a bit more with Noel Crombie, an investigative reporter for The Oregonian and Oregon Live. Let's stick with that thread um, of just kind of the tension on the system that you were just talking about, Noel. I guess, what have you heard from people in the biz, so to speak, whether it's judges, attorneys, prosecutors, defendants, since you've started reporting on this? I mean, are how are people feeling? I mean, this is not exactly what you want right now when you have this whole undercurrent of issues that you already outlined for us. Yeah, I mean, I would say that people who work in and around this system are, you know, are distressed to see this playing out. You know, even those without an opinion of of Mr. Singer's leadership are watching this dysfunction and think it's not good for a system that, you know, even in in the best of times is, you know, sort of beleaguered. Uh, And I think, uh, some ob- observers uh, view this ongoing conflict around Mr. Singer and the time that this has taken. I mean, the commission met for hours last week to discuss uh, his his performance. 
and they see that as a distraction from what is a really critical problem facing the criminal justice system with this lack of, of public defenders. This is like a crisis with a capital C. We have people, just to underscore, people are in jail. They're being held in custody without attorneys. We also have, you know, we've seen cases um, dismissed because of a lack of counsel. Um, and these are cases with real victims. You know, the, these are, uh, this is uh, to not have a a defense lawyer is not just a problem for the defendant. It can be a problem for for a victim who is, um, you know, seeking and deserving of, you know, a justice and deserving of being heard through the criminal justice system, and they are deprived of that when when the system isn't functioning properly. So, uh, you know, Mr. Singer's uh, issues with the agency are notable and newsworthy and really important, but the but they are playing out against a much larger backdrop of a crisis that will continue whether or not he remains with the agency. Yeah, just to put a finer point on it, Noel, so no defense attorney means no trial, right? Yeah, it means the process cannot really move forward. You know, there's just at the real basic level, there's no one, for instance, to argue for a person's release from jail. Um, there's no one to walk the defendant through what the, their rights are uh, through the legal process. Um, these are this is a guaranteed right, and um, the system can't really function without it playing out. This is also you know playing out to various degrees around around the state, and and you know we're seeing it in places like. Multnomah County, where it's especially acute, just because of the numbers and the size of the county. Sure. Yeah, it's it, the, the public defenders or defense lawyers are essential to the system's functioning. Just when I hear you describe kind of the constitutional right here, uh, we are a litigious society, and that just springs to mind. Well, this seems um, like an opportunity for someone to say. Uh, you know, their their rights are being violated here because they don't have access to counsel. Um, is that something that we should expect more of, like litigation involving this issue? Is that already happening? Yeah. Um, in May, a number of defendants facing criminal charges filed a class action lawsuit um, against the state for its failure to appoint a defense lawyer. And, you know, that that lawsuit really raises, you know, the stakes for the criminal justice system. I don't know how many people are named in the lawsuit at this point, but it is a class action. And and the, the those who were named, if I'm recalling from memory now, they had waited weeks, multiple weeks to get a lawyer appointed to them. Um, and, and the lawsuit also alleged that um, the state's inability to promptly appoint defense lawyers was disproportionately affecting a defendants of, of color. Yeah, uh, that's uh, sadly based on all of your reporting and our colleague uh, Max Bernstein and Amy Green through the years. That That is not surprising. Okay, so how unusual is this situation to Oregon? Just, you know, not even taking it into account the the kind of the spat between Judge Walters and Stephen Singer and his fate, just the overall structural issues. Is this a national crisis or is Oregon slightly worse than um, other states? Do we know? You know, I don't have a good handle on that, Andrew. I, I've just not spent time doing any kind of national reporting on this. 
Yeah. Well, you're kind of busy. Um, <laughs> have a few irons in the fire, but, uh, usually Oregon is not, you know, an outlier. Um, you know, usually there's, there's something more there than, uh, that meets the eye. So what else, uh, should people know, or should I have asked you about, about this issue and kind of where we go from here? I, you know, obviously his fate is maybe sealed by the time, you know, people listen to this, but beyond that, the, all the other issues remain. Plus you're going to have to find a replacement if, if that happens. So more time. Yeah. I mean, I think in the very immediate term, we'll see what the commission does today. Um, and they're expected to take up a review of his performance and we'll see if he remains in place. That seems extremely unlikely given the politics and uh, Chief Justice Walter's preferences at this point. But the, you know, Mr. Singer aside, someone else is going to have to step into this agency, which has um, been described by many as you know dysfunctional. Um, just just the agency itself is dysfunctional, um, and uh, so then they're going to have to deal with you know this broader issue of addressing um, the lack of of attorneys and um, and figuring out the path forward uh, toward a, a healthier system or more functioning system, I should say. So beyond, you know, an influx of people going to law school to be public defenders, I mean, are we talking about just we need more state resources allocated to this agency to is that something that that is a potential legislative fix? Yeah, I mean, people have um, I think that this the 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 problems are or the issues are many. And, you know, one is just one of more resources, um, better pay for people doing the work. Um, but also, um, you know, fixing some of the issues that, you know, have been systemic to public defense in the state, you know, this issue of, you know, oversight of lawyers and coming up with a system that works better than the, the one that's in place now. Um, it's, it's the, the, uh, the fixes are going to be, um, I would guess undertaken over time and require the kind of relationships that it seems Mr. Singer was unable to, to build in his time here. Well, it's a fascinating issue and um, something I learned a lot from your reporting in uh, recent uh, weeks and, and months dating back to uh, when you first started addressing this. So uh, thanks for all your work on it and for taking time to talk about it. Thank you for having me. Thanks for listening to Beat Check with the Oregonian. I shared links to some of Noel and my colleagues' stories about the public defense crisis in the episode notes. If you like this show, give us a five-star rating and review in Apple Podcasts. It really helps other people find the program and tell a friend. Help spread the word. The best way to support our journalism is through a subscription to Oregon Live. You can do that at OregonLive.com slash pod support. Until next time.